Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and this is today's Bible class. A short, about a 13-minute or so Bible study every single day, seven days a week, keeping us in God's Word and thereby helping us keep focused upon our relationship with God and help us to grow in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. You know people in your life who need to grow in their faith, don't you? Who need to come closer to God, who need to try to get their lives straightened out from a spiritual perspective, help them along these lines by getting them into God's Word through these short studies every day. Share with them through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help turn somebody's life around by getting them into God's Word through these short studies every day. You may help somebody ultimately get to heaven. What a great blessing for them, but also for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're talking about another one of those heart, another one of those heart problems, and that's gossip. Gossip, of course, is verbal, isn't it? It comes from the heart, however. The heart is the seedbed for unrighteousness, ungodliness, sinfulness, and gossip is one of those sins that is talked about repeatedly throughout the scriptures. Again, we looked at Webster's definition, and it's very telling. A person who chatters or repeats idle talk and rumors about others. Hmm, doesn't it even have to be true? Idle talk doesn't even have to be more than a rumor, but they repeat it, and that's gossiping. And then later, there may be some real, some real consequences to pay for, both for the person who is the subject of the gossip, but also for the person who is the gossiper. Another, trans- another uh, definition puts it this way, personal details, someone who is discussing personal details of other people's lives, whether rumor or fact, especially when malicious. And I've added, and also especially when salacious. Yeah. Gossip is that another one of those two-edged swords. It hurts the person who is the subject of the gossip, but it also it hurts the character, the image of the person who is always gossiping because people don't want to be around a gossiper. They don't trust them. They don't want to become the subject of their malicious gossip. Well, we've talked about different different terms that are used in the scriptures to talk about that sin of gossip. Tailbearer is one. Backbiting is another one. And boy, that's, that's an ugly kind of image, isn't it? Backbiting. Whisperings is another. Busybodies is another. People is always in other people's affairs, always talking about other people's stuff. Yeah, busybodies, maybe going from person to person, yeah, just being a busybody. And then another one is slanderer, slanderer. One of the most despicable characteristics of gossip is its effect in slandering the person who is the subject of gossip. Huh. You see, why does does somebody gossip? They're trying to tell some tale about somebody else, a tale bearer. They're, they're, They're being a backbiter themselves, trying to cut down the image of another person in the eyes of the person to whom they're gossiping. Think about what slander does. 
It maligns, it slurs, it smears, it libels, it disparages, it defames the character of another person. All of those results are traits of gossip. All of them are traits of gossip. Well, think about that. Think about this admonition from the psalmist against slander. Let not a slanderer be established in the earth. Let evil hunt the violent man to overthrow him. Psalm 140 and verse 11. While slander can destroy the reputation of another person, the psalmist warns that the slanderer himself can face eternal destruction from God. Whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him I will overthrow, God says. The one who has a haughty look and a proud heart, him I will not endure. Psalm 101 and verse 5. And note this this stern rebuke from the wise man. Whoever hides hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. Proverbs 10 and verse 18. In dealing with the character of wives, of potential deacons in the Lord's church, Paul says, likewise, now these are some qualities that need to be there in the life and in the marriage relationship of a man who is being considered to be appointed as a deacon in the Lord's church. Paul says, likewise, their wives must be reverent, not slanderers temperate, faithful in all things, 1 Timothy 3 and verse 11. An alternate rendering for slanderers in this verse is malicious gossips. Hmm. No question about it, is there? In writing to Titus, Paul described practicing slander as being uncharacteristic of a godly woman living by the sound doctrine of God's word. He wrote, But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience, the older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. Again, Titus, in in his letter to Titus. Interesting, isn't it? Interesting. Well, in his second letter to Timothy, Paul warned that men would ultimately turn to all manner of ungodliness. This was his warning, among which he included the practice of slander. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people turn away, Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Interesting, interesting. Well, James 
in his five-chapter letter, as we have it laid out for us in the scriptures today, he laid out perhaps the most comprehensive context of scripture on the misuse of the tongue. And he's, what is the tongue? Again, that's, that's an, an organ within our body. He's talking about the misuse of speech. And, and I've labeled this particular section of our study that troublesome tongue. Obviously, gossip is a result of not properly controlling one's tongue. Jesus wrote, or Jesus said rather, and Matthew wrote it down, in Matthew chapter 15 and verse, 20, uh, verse 18, those things, Jesus said, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile a man. He goes on in verse 19 and he says, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. And I'm sure he could have gone on and listed a whole another line of sinful practices. And again, where does gossip proceed from? The heart comes forth from the mouth. And we've seen all kinds of terrible, terrible synonyms or terms that are used to describe that ungodly practice of gossip. Well, again, that troublesome tongue. James put it in a nutshell, so to speak, when he wrote, if anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. James 3 and verse 2. Well, again, gossip is a product. It is an extreme example of not bridling the tongue, of not keeping our speech under control. James wrote one of the longer treatises in Scripture on the tongue, James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. He compared the size and potential power of our tongue, pretty small part of our physical body, isn't it, to influence our life to how a comparatively small bit, when properly employed, enables a rider to control a huge horse. Verse 3. Similarly, a relatively small rudder is used to guide a massive ship, James writes in verse 4. Now, the implication is that properly used, we can bring about great good through the proper use of our tongue, that is, our speech. The spoken word truly is one of the most powerful forces on earth far more powerful than all of the weapons of mass destruction stored up in the arsenals of the nations of the earth. But misused, the tongue can be a destructive influence almost beyond imagination. James makes the comparison, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 15? It defiles the whole body 
and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. James 3 and verses 5 and 6. James makes the point in his statement that the tongue is set on fire by hell, that the devil is the ultimate culprit, the evil influence behind the scenes that lures an individual into misusing his tongue, his speech for evil. When someone sins through the misuse of his tongue, he is doing the bidding of the devil. Doing the bidding of the devil. James points to the frustration of so many who have failed to keep their tongue in check by noting that while mankind has been able to tame all matter, all manner of mighty creatures from the wild, elephants, tigers, lions, and so on, James says, no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. James 3, verses 7 and 8. And then he notes the contradiction in the way we use our tongue. He says, with it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude or likeness of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. James 3, verses 9 and 10. Very descriptive, isn't it? Very descriptive. These things ought not to be so. Hmm. We need to take that to heart and make the proper application in our lives personally. Let's pray. Father, help us to use our blessing of speech to be productive of good, of good, Father, and to stay away from all kinds of slanderous, backbiting, whispering, gossip that can cause such harmful destruction to others and to ourselves. Help us to be an example of godliness in every way before everybody around us, Father, and thus to give you glory through our lives. Please forgive us, gracious Father. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.